0: the punch out we're following the news all day so you don't have to giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be and yes we are back with you here on the punch out 27th of september 2021 very happy to be back with you here on the show as we always are and plenty for you here on the show as we always do we're going to be talking about pacific gas and electric being charged criminally for their role in deaths from wildfires in the state of california we're also going to be talking about the just recently passed it was this past weekend anniversary of the murder of 43 students in iuc napa mexico and what's happening with the investigation to their case but before we get to either of those two very important stories we want to start with the eviction crisis which is already upon us <laughs> One of the major questions looming over the country is the possibility of a tsunami of evictions now that the federal moratorium on evictions has been lifted. Overall, because of the patchwork of various states and cities dealing with housing issues, there's been a lot of speculation about the state of evictions, but not as much in terms of the actual scale of the problem. Now, however, the Household Pulse survey done by the census every few weeks is he asking people about the likelihood they will be evicted. Long story short, about 3.2 million people told the Census Bureau they were very likely or somewhat likely to be evicted in the next two months. 3.2 million people. 1.3 million were in the very likely to be evicted category. And again, that's in the next two months. 1.3 million people say they are very likely to be evicted. 3.2 million people either very likely or somewhat likely. And in fact, this may be an undercount because hundreds of thousands of those polled didn't answer the question, and 2.2 million people said they were not very likely to be evicted, which means, of course, there's still a chance. Notably, nearly 250,000 of those who said they were, quote, not very likely to be evicted are three months behind on rent payments. Nearly a million of those, again, those who say they're not very likely to be evicted, are one month behind. So again, 3.2 million people feel like there is at least a decent chance that they will get evicted in the next two months, but clearly there are hundreds of thousands more people out there who are potentially at risk. And this has all become much more controversial because the $46.5 billion in rental aid authorized by Congress seems to be stalled. The program is moving so slowly that the government is predicting, according to Politico, that $16.5 billion will be distributed by the end of this year. That would be only 35% of the funds. In just a few days, a lot of the money that has been allocated actually has to be sent back to the Treasury Department for reallocation from places that are not doing well getting the money out the door to those who are doing a better job getting the money out the door. As Politico notes, quote, any program that has obligated at least 65% of its first allocation by September 30th will be eligible to receive new funds reassigned from another grantee. Treasury will announce a minimum expenditure ratio and the forthcoming guidance to establish the minimum amount of funding a program must have dispersed to be safe from the recapture process, end quote. And this, of course, means that it will make the impact of the eviction crisis essentially geographical with wild swings between who gets help and who doesn't. Just amazing, really. One other question is, why are people being denied in large numbers? 922,790 people told the Census Bureau they had applied for assistance and been denied. 443,000 of those people roughly said that they were very likely to face eviction in the next two months. So, what's really going on there? You may also be interested to know that 1.68 million people living in a household with children are very or somewhat likely to be evicted in the next two months. It's also worth noting that 1.2 million people consider themselves very likely or somewhat likely to lose their home to a foreclosure. In the next two months. So all in all, that's where we are. Nearly four and a half million people are possibly facing eviction or foreclosure over the next two months. And in that time, less than one third of the money meant to help them is set to be distributed. Quite a statement about priorities under capitalism. While it has slipped out of world headlines— Quite some time ago, unfortunately, this past weekend marked the seventh anniversary of the murder of 43 students from the Rural Teachers College in Ayotzinapa, Mexico. In Mexico and several places in the United States, marches took place in commemoration as the struggle to unearth the truth about their deaths continues because they have not, in fact, been solved. What exactly happened? The most recent past president of Mexico, Peña Nieto, had attempted to cover up the crime and pin it on corrupt officials and drug cartels. Most families and other activists across Mexico had always felt that story was a dodge to avoid the complicity of government officials in the networks of corruption and drug trafficking, using those as a cover for their own use of violence against the left. Murders and torture of radicals in Mexico is a long, honored tradition by the oligarchic elite. The current government of Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, or AMLO, has thrown out that previous investigation and continues to look into the case. And just before this year's anniversary, major new evidence emerged discrediting the quote-unquote official story. The newspaper Milenio revealed videos, over 40 videos, of police torturing suspects to get them to conform to the official story authorities wanted to tell. This comes as the officials investigating the Ayotzinapa case have convinced roughly 20 officers that were involved in the original investigation, which seems to be and appears to be a cover-up. They've convinced these 20 or so officers to reveal more evidence about what they know. They're still, however, seeking one of the main key people, and that's Tomás Zerón, who headed up the original investigation that is now being questioned. But he, Zerón, has fled to Israel, where Mexico is trying to extradite him, So far, they have been unsuccessful in those efforts. At this point, it's clear the official story is obviously fake. A forensic team from Argentina has determined that the area where the students' bodies were allegedly dumped and burned did not host a fire at that site that would have been hot enough to even burn the bodies. So whether it's the confessions or the physical evidence, it's all now been more or less thrown out the window. Whatever the story is, getting the truth plays an important role in Mexico's current political environment. The current government is pursuing something called the Fourth Transformation, turning the page, that is, on decades of corrupt, venal elite government that has impoverished tens of millions of people for, as I said before, just decades. The truth about Ayotzinapa, whatever the truth ends up being, is going to go a long way to unearthing the networks behind that old status quo and identifying the who and the what that needs to be changed if there's going to be a real, thoroughgoing, total transformation. (laughs) Prosecutors in Northern California, Shasta County to be exact, have charged Pacific Gas and Electric, one of California's largest electric utilities with manslaughter and felony arson in connection with the deaths of four people related to the Zog fire of last year, which burned over 50,000 acres and destroyed hundreds of buildings. Stephanie A. Bridget, the district attorney for Shasta County, said at a news conference on Friday, quote, While criminal prosecutions of corporations are rare, one of the primary reasons to charge a corporation criminally is a finding that illegal behavior is widespread, it's serious, it's offensive, and it's so pervasive that the only appropriate action is criminal charges. My office has made such findings, end quote. And this is part of a growing understanding that many of the wildfires in California are not at all random and, in fact, often caused by the negligence, willful negligence, of big companies like PG&E. From 2014 to 2017, PG&E has been held officially responsible for over 1,500 wildfires. In multiple incidents, it's become clear that there was outright malfeasance that caused that. Mike Florio, who is a utilities commissioner in California from 2011 through 2016, told the New York Times a few years ago, quote, there was very much a focus on the bottom line over everything. What are the earnings we can report this quarter? And things really just got squeezed on the maintenance side, end quote. Last year, the Times also reported that quote PG and pled guilty to eighty four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the twenty eighteen campfire, which destroyed the town of Paradise. PG and was also fined three and a half million dollars, the maximum penalty allowed under state law, and also that penalty led PG and to file for bankruptcy because they had amassed thirty billion dollars in liability related to wildfires caused by their equipment. This April, quote, Sonoma County's district attorney, and this is also from the New York Times, Sonoma County's district attorney charged PG&E with five felonies and 28 misdemeanors, including recklessly causing a fire with great bodily injury in connection with the Kincaid fire, which damaged or destroyed more than 400 buildings and seriously injured six firefighters in 2019. Now, PG&E, of course, is claiming that they're doing the best they can. They're upgrading all the equipment and so on and so forth. But that seems As much like PR as anything else at this point, many people across the state have started to demand much more than they just clean up their act, but that the utility be turned into a public company. And those people point out that it isn't random PG&E skimped on safety, that it's ultimately the result of the profit motive at work, and that providing critical services like electricity in a sustainable manner can only be done if people, not profit, is central to how a utility is run.